Frank Sinatra, what can I tell you? Stay safe, for goodness sakes. We don't have that big of an audience, so I can't afford to lose a single one of you. Please stay safe, okay? Wear a mask. Wear gloves. Don't go out and do anything foolish as much as you want to sometime. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona time, your time, anytime. Anytime is the right time. My name is Tony Visick. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. You're probably, you're probably uh, going, is this show on or is it not? Well, we're on Comedy Schools Radio Network.com. Uh, that is a, um, you may think that's a mispronunci- mispronunciation, but that's how I prefer to say it. And I will say it that way. I'm just trying to get situated here so I look beautiful no matter what, uh, what mode I'm on. You know what? That's good enough. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, children of all persuasions. My name is Tony Visick, and you are watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. This is your daily distraction from all the anger, anxiety, weirdness, and hoopla in the world today. We come to you every day at about 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, Arizona time, which right now is actually Pacific time because we don't do daylight savings time. Now, you don't even know what time it is where you live. Um, I've got a, uh, I've got a, uh, a hootenanny of a show for you today. It's going to be a hooting and a hollering. Uh, it's, a, it's a yabba-dabba-do old time uh, here on uh, social and media. There, I'm trying to learn Spanish, so I'm trying to get a uh, social and media. Does that work for you? Doesn't work, does it? Sounds terrible. Um, hey, uh, what do I want to tell you? Oh, we just, uh, we just got the news. Have you heard the news? Hey, fellas, have you heard the news? Kamala Harris back in town. Kamala Harris, that's how you'd say it uh, if you grew up where uh, me and uh, the Lawsons grew up. Kamala. He picked Kamala. 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 Is no bueno. Uh, hello to you. Hello to you, Mike. Uh, 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 is now, uh, she is Joe Biden's pick to be vice president of the United States. We'll be running on the Democratic ticket. Uh, I couldn't be happier. Uh, I'm glad. You know who my pick was? I'm going to tell you who my pick was. You want to know who my pick was? What I would have done would have been the game changer. Would have been that one of that, that, you know, uh, no one saw that coming. Okay, would have been what John McCain was trying to do with Sarah Palin, but would have worked this time. You know, I would have chosen Michelle Obama. I would have picked Michelle Obama for uh, my vice presidential running mate. I mean, Kamala Harris is great. She's fine. Uh, But I would have picked Michelle and that man, that would have been the shockwave heard around the world. Uh, But she probably didn't want the gig, to be honest to you. And don't think for a moment that it wasn't discussed. Don't think for a moment that Joe Biden's team did not seriously, when they were looking at all the possibilities for vice president, that Michelle Obama's name did not come up. Don't think for a moment that uh, there wasn't a phone call, at least one phone call to the Obamas, you know? And I don't think for a moment if Joe Biden had thought that it was going to be necessary, absolutely necessary, okay, that he uh, didn't feel like, it's not that he has it in the bag, but if it was a much closer margin, don't think for a moment that if Joe Biden and his team decided Michelle Obama would have been the best one, that Joe would not have driven to their house personally and knocked on the door and said, we need to have a talk. Uh, 
But uh, Kamala Harris, is uh, congratulations to her, Joe and Kamala. Uh, I have a suggestion for uh, Vice President Biden, who we will uh, support and vote for, of course. But uh, if he really wants to grab the youth vote and grab uh, people who are maybe not interested in politics, he shouldn't call himself Joe Biden. <coughs> he should call himself Joe Joe Biden. Joe Joe Biden. Think about that. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Uh, I told Tina that a couple months ago. Now her or Barack can uh, be attorney general. Yeah. Or he can, uh, you know, if he gets on, he can nominate Barack Obama for the Supreme Court. I don't think Michelle Obama will take a, uh, uh, a role of that nature. Okay. But I wish she would. Michelle Obama is uh, more qualified than 99% of the people in the world to be president of the United States. Certainly qualified to be vice president, as is Kamala Harris. So congratulations to Joe. But if Joe Biden really wants to, like, get a little more supercharge. You know, if he wants you to get a little, you know what I mean? Just uh, uh, he takes a, a little extra hit of fresh air. He should start going by Joe Joe Biden. To Joe Joe Biden. To Joe Joe Biden. The dream team is in the house. To Joe Joe Biden. To Joe Joe Biden. See, it's catchy, isn't it? You guys are already liking it. To Joe. To Joe. To Joe Joe Biden. So <laughs> we were making up uh, campaign songs for uh, him in the uh, car today, uh, the wife and I. The wife and I were out running errands today. We were, uh, we were re rewriting my guy. Nothing you can do could make me vote for anyone but you, Joe, you, Joe. Nothing you could say could ever sway me from voting blue. So, and then we, we had another lyric there someplace, okay? Okay. He may have hair plugs in his head, but when it comes to voting... And then, I don't know, I need something else there, okay? Nothing else you do. My Joe. So uh, we were at, hey, Joe, hey, Joe, where you going with that ballad in your hand? I'm going down to the voting polling station, and I'm going to vote for me. I think I'm the best man. So uh, we were doing that. Uh, Kevin Brown says he won't get the black vote without the cool nickname JoJo. Uh, you could uh, get the uh, that uh, Beatles song. Jojo was a man who thought he should be president, even though, and we all knew Donald Trump was an ass. Do -do 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 -do. All right, I don't know what you guys want for free. It's Facebook. What the hell? <laughs> Jojo. Jojo. Like, uh, you know, uh, uh, what's his name? And uh, Terry Bradshaw. And I have to go, what's his name for Terry Bradshaw? But he had a wife, okay, who was a uh, uh, ice skating uh, championship. And who gives a shit about ice skating? Let's be honest. Okay, but he had a wife, and I can't name uh, Dorothy. Yeah, if you dig around, you can. Okay, but this lady was never as big as, say, like Dorothy Hamill or anybody like that. But her name was JoJo Starbuck. Wasn't it? Was that her name? It was JoJo for sure. I think it was JoJo Starbuck. Okay, so, and I remember that name. Good JoJo. So I'm voting for JoJo. That's who I'm voting for. So we're very happy to... Uh, See that. We're very happy to see. Uh, Tim Lawson says, a vote for sleepy instead of droppy. Go blue. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, I got a new history lesson yesterday. I'm sure that many of you did too. Uh, that um, World War II was ended by the uh, pandemic of 1918. 17. World War II was ended by the, uh, uh, by the pandemic of 1917. So I didn't know that World War II actually ended before it started. 
Donald Trump let us know, because, you know, I mean, you look, everybody knows he's uh, probably the smartest guy in the world. Ask him. He'll tell you. He will tell you. He's the smartest guy in the world. Okay? He informed us the other day that the uh, pandemic in 1917 ended World War II. And World War II hadn't even started yet. I guess they fought World War II all the way up to about 1944, 45. to about 1945, June and August of 1945. I guess they fought it all the way up till then and then went, oh, what about that pandemic in 1917? Somebody goes, well, it's actually 1918, 1919. Shut up. That's how we're going to end the war. Just send a note to everybody, you know, in France and in Japan and on all the islands in the Pacific and say, hey, there was a big pandemic like, you know, 30 years ago and so we got to stop. <laughs> you know, I've made some dumb mistakes in my day and I will continue to make dumb mistakes and I'm allowed to make dumb mistakes. I'm a podcaster, comedy, comedian, comedy coach, writer living on the outskirts of Phoenix. Okay, but I know... When World War II ended, I just know, okay? And I know there was no pandemic. So uh, the other thing, the other thing that we're talking about today that we're seeing is that uh, it looks like uh, no college football, no college football uh, this season. I know that the uh, Big Ten, I have a hard time keeping track of all of that, the Big Ten, Pac-10, the uh, small five, the little four, you know, the uh, 25 or 64 conference Okay, but the Big Ten is not going to play its fall season. Okay, there's going to be no fall season for the Big Ten. Okay, and I imagine that all the other, uh, the other, uh, what they're saying is the Big Five. The Big Ten is part of the Big Five and the 25, five times five, five dollar foot long. You could still buy a five dollar foot long during the pandemic, but you cannot watch college ball. And you know what the litmus test for this was, of course, was watching how baseball played out. What a mess. And I like baseball. <clears throat> I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. That's a baseball town. You know, it's like, you know, it's not God's, God, gun, God and guns in, in St. Louis. It's God and Cardinals. God and St. Louis Cardinals in uh, St. Louis, Missouri. Missouri, Missouri. You, you know what? I'm going to let you decide. Um... I grew up in the inner city where we said Missouri, but then I moved out to uh, Hell Springs where people said Missouri. Uh, but I don't think I always said Missouri. It just kind of crept into my vocal barrier. Um, anyway, you know, I'm a big, uh, I'm a big baseball fan. And uh, what a mess we have going on in Major League Baseball with so many guys uh, be testing positive for coronavirus. So many, something like nine in the Cardinal organization, 11 in the Marlins organization, several others. So it just stands to reason that college football is watching what's going on with Major League Baseball and say, Jesus, these guys hardly touch one another. They hardly even touch one another. Matter of fact, theoretically, they're supposed to touch each other with a glove. Kevin Brown, Big Ten, Pac-12, all of that. What's going to happen to those who are into college uh, strictly for sports? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You know, uh, it, it is an issue. It is an issue. But college ball was watching baseball and go, they don't even touch each other. We're a contact sport. We're out there grabbing each other and throwing each other on the ground. We're in huddles. Uh, Diane Hall said, I had an English professor in college who said he had a mixed marriage because he and his wife pronounced uh, Missouri 
differently. You're darn right. You're darn right. You're darn tooting right there. You're darn tooting right there. So uh, uh, there's not going to be college ball. I, I, I find it amazing that the president was weighing in on this going, you got to play. I mean, he should be having bigger fish to fry than rather colleges have a football season. It just seems like he would have bigger fish to fry by like, oh, saying, you know, we're pushing uh, 164,000. Paul Whitney says they do touch the same balls. All right, you know what, Paul? That was um, funny. That was funny. In baseball, yeah, that's right. The pitcher and the catcher is throwing the same ball back and forth. That's absolutely true. But I don't think that's where the, um, the outbreak for Florida or the Cardinals came from, but just all the traveling and probably uh, boys, uh, be, boys being boys, and on occasion boys can still be boys, even in this era. Uh, they're probably out hanky-panking up a little bit, probably going out at night like uh, so many people are, and then being in close quarters, sitting in a dugout or same team bus, same plane, and you're getting these outbreaks. Where are we getting no outbreaks? Where? Basketball and hockey. Basketball and hockey. Why? Because they created a bubble. Major League Baseball could have attempted to create some sort of bubble, some sort of closer quarters. Now, I know here in Arizona, we were having, we're having a serious outbreak, but they still, because of the number of stadiums there are here, they could, and it is, it is ungodly hot here. That is true. That is true. You know, I was talking with a friend of mine, Andrew Freeman, today, and he did mention, because I said the number of stadiums we have here because of spring training stadiums, spring training is big business in Arizona. We are the uh, Cactus League. Uh, you could add all the teams here and had a much stricter quarantine protocols. But uh, you could probably do it in Florida as well, okay? Uh, and I know both Arizona and Florida are hot spots. Arizona's cases are starting to come down somewhat. You know what always, you know, I, you know uh, when we see cases coming down, we kind of feel better about ourselves. We go, you know what, only 500 deaths today. Well, everybody feels good. If you go from 1,000 deaths to 500 deaths, everybody goes, hey, that's good news. Not to the 500 who died who didn't need to die. It's not good news for them. It's not good news for them. We went from 1,000 deaths to 100. Well, it's not good news for them because a year ago, nobody died from this. No one died from this. So, uh, but in both cases, Florida or Arizona, I think that Major League Baseball could have had a better quarantine situation if they would have just all played uh, there in the Grapefruit League or uh, even here where it's all Phoenix-centric. You know, you hear Scottsdale, Mesa, Glendale, but it's all Greater Phoenix. They could have probably, and it played at night. I don't know, played at night, played early in the morning. You know, a lot of kids out here play Little League at like 5, 6 in the morning. That's when they play. And they could have saved what looks like is becoming a messier, messier season. Uh, Kevin Brown says, no good news on their family. No, yeah, that's right. For people to pass on from COVID, they say, what? If they say only 300 people died, that's a lot of people. That's an airplane full of people. You know? We're getting close. We're getting close. So I am an NBA fan. Uh, I'm a basketball fan. I like football. But uh, on, a, on a yearly basis, I go to more uh, basketball games nowadays than I do uh, football games or baseball games. 
I'll go to one or two baseball games a year, one football game, but I'll go to anywhere between two and eight basketball games a year. Uh, and most basketball stadiums hold about 20,000 people, basketball arenas, and you play about 40 games, okay? So that's what? Someone do the math for me, okay? 20,000 times 40, okay? What is 20,000 times 40? Because we're going to get to a point with this pandemic where as many people are gone as would have been entire, would have watched all the home games of an NBA team. That's where we're headed, you know, and that's, that's big, you know, and it doesn't have to be this way. Uh, I get off that, okay? I get off that. So, uh, get off that. Russia, if you're listening, I think you probably need to test your vaccine a little bit more. All right? I don't know if I trust a vaccine out of Russia, but the only thing I would trust out of Russia, not, nothing now, when I was younger, I would trust Russian vodka. They made a hell of a vodka, if I remember well. But that's a long time ago for me. But Russia seems to have a vaccine. They haven't tested it. They're just, you know run around shooting people up with it. But Russia's used to going up to people who really don't want a needle stuck in them and sticking it in them. And then if they die, going, oh, you know, that is what happens in our country. Whatever. I think I can do a Russian accent and not be considered racist. Well, actually, I can't do a Russian accent. That's the issue. If I try to do a Russian accent, I bet you if I practice it. A matter of fact, I did practice a Russian accent one time uh, for an audition. Uh, and I thought I did a good job, but I didn't get the part. Okay. That was a lot of meandering. There was a lot of Starbucks coffee for you right there. What do we have going on this week here in the world of ComedySchools.com? You know, uh, I feel very fortunate. Very, very fortunate. Uh, <laughs> Tina Mike Lawson, Russian vodka, maybe where I couldn't walk. Yeah, you're just like, you know. I don't know if you remember that, Mike. Remember parties at uh, Missouri back in the 70s, way back in the woods someplace? And the main topic of conversation about three hours of the party was... <laughs> but the only thing you could get out of your mouth is, dude, I'm so fucked up. <laughs> and then Skinnered. Freebird, I'm high. That was it. Those are the only phrases after about three hours of a Jefferson County backwoods uh, party at a, at a river cabin somewhere. Um, we're very fortunate that we've been able to uh, uh, continue to function. Uh, so many of my good friends are uh, going through, good friends in the entertainment business are going through ungodly difficult times. Ungodly difficult times. Um, the, uh, the business that has really been smacked hard during this pandemic a lot of businesses have been smacked really hard has been the entertainment hospitality and food service business just smacked hard and you know what and it's a big important part of our economy you know and uh i saw in the news the other day that uh the comedy store in la jolla california had devised a way where they, since they were a restaurant, they could have seating outside and dining outside, which is what's going on in New York and so many other cities. And then they decided to just have a comic outside, and they got shut down. They got shut down. Now, I don't know the reasoning for it. Maybe because laughter 
uh, is similar to coughing and it may spread any sort of virus uh, 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 at a greater velocity than just normal conversation and slopping a, a burrito into your mouth. I don't know. But it has been smack card. We've been able to uh, continue because uh, we moved everything online <coughs> with an occasional and rare uh, uh, live show. So what we got going on this week, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, moms and dads, is uh, the roast of me this Friday at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. 7 p.m. Mountain Standard. Kevin Brown, who is watching right now, and a host of my supposed friends, okay? But some of these people are in such a ro- rush to be on this roast, be able to say horrible things about me. I don't know if they're my friends or not. Um, a bunch of my uh, friends... Well, I'm going to do a roast. Y'all know what a roast is. Uh, you've got uh, the, uh, um, you've got the, uh, the uh, honored guest. I will be the honored guest. And then people get up and say horrible, horrible, horrible things about them. The more horrible they are, the more funny they are. And then I will get to get up and roast them as well. If you like your comedy raw, if you like your comedy real, if you like your comedy with an edge, uh, this will be the show for you this Sunday night, this Friday night. I apologize. This Friday night, August 14th, 7 p.m. Arizona time. It's the Roast of Tony Visick. Tickets are available at ComedySchools.com. Just click Get Tickets. Or they're also available uh, on a link on my Facebook page, which will go up once again right after this show. My Facebook page, Tony Visick, V-I-C-I-C-H, and I share it with various groups. We got that going on Friday. Um, Thursday, by the way, if you are still on the fence, you should get off the fence because you're getting splinters in your ass. You've been sitting there so long. Uh, if you're still sitting on the fence and you've ever thought about trying to find a way to focus your creativity, uh, improve your writing skills, improve your sales presentation, be a stand-up comic, it's class two this Thursday of our beginning stand-up comedy workshop. Uh, join it, and I'll give you a bonus free one-on-one to get you caught up for what you missed on the first week. All right, uh, let's get to the stuff. This show is based off of three things primarily. Three things. It's done on three platforms. Comedy Schools, Radio Network.com. Okay. YouTube on the Comedy Schools channel. Okay. Soon to be on Instagram. I'll have to change this whole pitch. All right. And, of course, here on Facebook Live. Okay. And it's based on your questions and comments, where we comment back or we try to answer your questions. Uh, it's based on me show you some knickknack or oddity or autograph memorabilia that I have here sitting around here in the home office. Okay, and I recommend uh, two artists or two pieces of music based on my vast vinyl album collection. And I'm already running out of time, so I'm going to skip the knickknack today and get right to the music. This is kind of uh, Jerry Garcia week. Uh, The legendary uh, guitarist uh, uh, Jerry Garcia uh, passed away August 9th, 1995. August 9th, 1995. Jerry Garcia had been a part of my life since I was about 12 years old and first became aware of the Grateful Dead. Uh, Funny story, the first time I ever heard of the Grateful Dead, it was from a song by a pop music band called the Cow Sills. The Cow Sills were a band of brothers and sisters who were pop musicians. It It is who the Partridge family was based on. They were a real band, though. And they did a hit single version of the song Hair from the Broadway musical Hair. And in the opening lines of that song, there is a, they go, why do I, why wear my hair so long? There's a line, it says, it's not for laughs or bread like the Grateful Dead. That's the first time I heard of the Grateful Dead. Then there was a teen dance hall out in House Spring, Missouri, at one time called the, the Thunderbird, the Sundowner, uh, Americana, 
It was just in a little strip mall that set out in a field, kind of pathetic. But uh, a teen dance hall, and they would bring bands in from the city. There was a band that came in from the city. There's a bunch of other little bit older teenagers from 20 miles, 30 miles away from where we were. Came out to the country, and they'd play. And a band called Alvin Pivel played this song. It went, dude, I go, wow, I, I, I'm not giving it. And I went up, and I asked the lead singer, who I was kind of scared of because he seemed so cool. You know, he did like long hair and did these crazy dances and stuff, you know. And I remember talking to this girl was there and I go, did you come out with the band? She goes, yeah, you know, I'm like the lead singer's chick. I'm like his old lady. Well, one of them. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, wow. This rock and roll sounds like it's making sense. Um, I asked him and I said, what is it? He goes, it's Love Light by the Dead, man. And then I started uh, uh, listening to KC95 and they played the Grateful Dead. And they become a part of my life ever since. This is the week that uh, Jerry passed away. We featured a few of their albums yesterday. We're going to do that all this week. Uh, we've recommended albums for you to listen to. This album is not one that I would recommend to a first-time listener of the Grateful Dead. Okay? And this is Anthem of the Sun. Now, Anthem of the Sun and another album called Oxymoxima were the two albums that really kind of solidified the weirdness of their sound. That strange, spacey, trippy, psychedelic, foreign, never-before-heard type of sound. Their first album was pretty much standard songs with some, uh, what was becoming sort of modern uh, psychedelic music. Um, don't go out and do anything foolish as much as you want to sometime. All right, we're going to be back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Arizona time, year time, any time, any time is the right time. My name is Tony Visick. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Mm -hmm.